welcome listeners to the next uh, episode in the series of our pre-season uh, podcast. Today we're joined uh, by a special uh, guest, Jack, how are we? Yeah, good day, boys. Thanks for having me. No worries. And we get, we're uh, joined again by the usual Jonas. I don't think Nathan's here, but Jonas, you're, uh, you're joined with a bit of a ringer um, come 12th, 12th hour. Can you introduce who he is as well? Yeah, so this is my mate, Yash. He's a regular. Going to tell them the listeners a bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, so I started Supercoach in about year 10, so maybe like 2017, 2016, 17. I actually got Jonas into it, so yeah, I'll take. Uh, <laughs> yeah, take um, from here on in. Yeah, for credit for that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been playing for a few years. Highest I finished probably like I got like into the top two k. Yeah. Last year, yeah, almost 1K, but yeah. Yeah, hoping to do better, bigger and better this year. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, um, Jack, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, obviously, having a look off there, you're the, uh, the founder of Inner, Inner Sanctum. Uh, can you give a bit of the listeners a bit of info about that? And um, just in general about your Supercoach history as well. Yeah, so obviously, the Inner Sanctum, they're born to sort of change how sports journalism is done. And I think the guys do a sensational job of um, covering everything and anything they possibly can get their hands on just about giving sports their due diligence and coverage so if you haven't go suss it theinnersanctum.com.au um, in terms of super coach uh, <laughs> past few years have gone woefully to put it bluntly <laughs> um, where I used to work at the Bunyip we used to have a um, regular competition each season and got quite um, quite intense after 2020 um, sort of stuffed everything up it sort of went by the wayside but 2021 not good because of injuries and and like you said and like you guys said year 10 that's when i started playing as well except that was uh, 12 years ago so <laughs> cheers for that cheers for that boys make me feel old but um yeah now 2021 not good but 2022 is gonna be my year yeah no so hopefully um bounce back and uh get pretty high up in in 2022 so obviously um for listeners out there as we said last week this is our port podcast and being a port man yourself, have you kept up with much of the preseason chatter? Um, obviously, it's natural for, for all fans to to kind of hear how their players are going and how the boys are going on the preseason track. And if so, who's one player that, that you think probably stands out from the rest um, that you think play, uh, people should keep an eye out on this year? Well, uh, there's a few that I have. Um, I'll go straight to Zach Butters. I think he's definitely one to watch and of course, as well, Ollie Wines being the reigning Brownlow medalist. Like his year was remarkable last year. I think, but I think Zach Butters is someone to definitely keep an eye on. If those three boys, he, Rosie, and Dersma, all go through uninjured this year, then um, then watch out because they will do some serious damage to your teams. Yeah, I mean, all three of them combined are pretty dangerous, and if they get a fair run on it on the track, I think he's uh, definitely. Uh, worth to watch out. Um, we'll get your opinions on Ollie Wines in a minute. Obviously, huge fan on, nonetheless. Um, I'll go to you, Jonas Nyaksh. Obviously, Brownlow medalist, uh, Brownlow medalist, medalist last year probably wasn't someone that was on everyone's radars with regards to Brownlow. Obviously, jumped a few high higher end players um, like your Olivers and so forth. But do you reckon there's a reason why? he may not be as highly owned as probably what his worth is. Like, you know, Brownlow medalist is a, is a huge accolade to get and he dominated the back end of last year. But do you reckon 
there's a reason uh, for that. And do you reckon, if so, do you reckon it's still a, is it still a good point of difference for your team? It's a good question. He is a pod and I wouldn't rule him out of your side. But in saying that, he had a stellar year and he's definitely not one that's at risk of playing forward much. However, in a Brownlow year, he only averaged, I believe it's the 112. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know how much further he can lift that compared to the premier midfielders in the comp that you've got right now, like your Walsh's, your Miller's, your Steele's, who are all averaging north of 10 points more than that. And they, you can probably see some scope for improvement in their games. I'm not sure about Wines. Like, he plays a very contested game, which is great, but his possession, similar to Petrarca, his efficiency isn't always the cleanest. And as much of, as much as what I've loved, I've loved to have picked him last year because I was tossing up between him and Whitfield and I went the latter. Um, I think he's probably more of an upgrade target, if anything, because his efficiency will will keep a, a bit of a cap on his scoring. And so I think you're better off paying an extra 20 or 30K and getting one of those rolled gold mids. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, Jack, obviously, you've, you've been an SA man. You've, you've probably seen him in the flesh a fair bit more than we have back in Melbourne. Um, how good is he watching him live? And I'll throw a bit of a curveball to you. Just as a neutral supporter, um, sometimes I think the port midfield are a bit one-dimensional with regards to a few mids going through there. Um, what are your thoughts on, on what 2022 brings for for um, Ollie Wines? And do you reckon he can go a step above um, his Brownlee year and really dominate the competition? I definitely think he can. I can't say there's any reason why not. I think... There's going to be a different dynamic in the midfield this year. Well, we've yep. got a new midfield coach. Well, Michael Voss is no longer there. He's at Carlton. So midfield could look a bit different. They're going to have different players in there. So I think his efficiency could change. I hope that we do see a bit more run and carry. But his efficiency probably has never been his strong point. But I feel like he's a very handy point of difference. Like, look at the numbers that he got in the final four rounds. That's yeah. when you want your players starring. And he would have won people grand finals if they had him. So I think I think I, I don't mind the point of an upgrade target, but I definitely feel that you're pretty safe at starting him and then maybe chucking an extra 30K to afford a um, uh, a better rookie, like a higher pick rookie. Yeah, opinion. I think with the with the plethora of options they have in, in higher price rookies, if you're saving a bit of money to get wines, he's probably not a bad point of difference um, going forward for sure. But um, another question for you, Jack. Obviously... There's two players that I want to talk to. One that's kind of burnt me in a couple of years in a row. That's Dan Houston. We'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> um, but one player I want your opinion on is someone that may not have been as super coach relevant as he might have might have been, maybe more AFL fantasy, but that's Carl Amon. Um, he definitely dominated the wings for you last year and, and looked really dangerous with the ball in hand. And pretty much every time Port were in the attack, he kind of, it, the chain, the ball chain went through him. What are your thoughts on him Him as a bit of a smoky? And um, can you tell the Melbourne listeners a bit about Amon and, and what how important he is for that port side? I See, Carl was quite... like He was very consistent up until probably the last few weeks, um, I felt, last season. But last year was incredible. And the fact that there was no wingers picking the All-Australian team is just a farce on its, on its own. <laughs> um, but in terms of that people that haven't seen him before, Amon is electric. 
basically what Jared Pollock used to do for us, but better, quite frankly. He's damaging, he can kick goals, he hits heaps of inside 50s, and his numbers, I think, went up in every category last year. He's yep. not going to get the inside time too much because they want him on the wings, um, but I feel like he's a great smoky pick, um, depending on the price. If it's too much, then avoid, but I'd say monitor the first few weeks and see how he goes um, consistency-wise, especially when we got Brisbane round one. His price could drop. Yeah, for sure. And the other one on that list, um, Dan Houston or, or Burnman, as I call him, um, <laughs> he's a bit... I mean, obviously, it was listed as, def- as a defender last year, but what we saw, obviously, got I think he had a shoulder injury against Carlton, which really stuffed his season up a little bit. But it seems to me um, he's a kind of Mr. Fix-It for Port. He's he's almost gone into that Westhoff mould. Obviously not going forward as much, but he kind of fills the holes in the midfield and defence. He is not a bad midfield selection, um, as in if he plays midfield, it's not a bad super coach selection. But what are your thoughts on on Dan Houston? And where do you think, as a, fan, as a Port fan, where do you think his actual best role is? Um, just because, as I said, he plays all over the place, but... He's obviously been deployed as a bit of a tag at defensive mid. What, yeah, what are your thoughts on him as a, as a player and where do you think his best position is? Really right, Dan. Really do. He's a ripping fella as well. Um, we have about 18 million halfbacks. So he can obviously yeah, he can play anywhere. Um, but I feel like he'd be great in the midfield because he has that electric leg. He He's accurate as all hell. And that's what I think the plan was before that shoulder injury. So... I know there may be people who like with trust issues around Dan the Man, but I feel like if he stays injury free and probably hit takes a bit more hits and hits harder, he will be a great pick to have. But I'm probably gonna be one of the ones that steers clear this year. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a fair few are steering clear this year, unfortunately. Um, but definitely, I think he's one of the best kicks in Port's Port's list. I think uh, Port are pretty confident giving the ball every time mm. going inside four fifty. Um, but yeah, someone that we've spoken pretty highly about, um, or not us, but in, in social media and in Supercoach pages, Zachy Butters. Um, we'll start with you, Yaksh. Have you got him in your side at the moment? Um, and if not, is there a reason why you haven't got him? Because I think he's one of the most highly spoken about forwards around that 450 price point. Um, and yeah, have you got him or not? Is this is a simple question. Right now, at this moment, I don't, but I'm, I'm trying to get him in. Maybe thinking of dropping one of my like five mids to try and like bring him in. Maybe get Jason Owen Francis or something. I think he's one of like Port's like most talented mids right now, uh, especially one of the younger ones, even better than Rosie, in my opinion, but might be controversial, but yeah. Um, I reckon, so I had him last year, actually. I got him in mid-season um, for about like 400K or something. And yeah, he, he gave me a few like really good, like 90 to 100 scores and looked good when he played in the mid. But then there were a few games where he went missing in the forward line sometimes and like gave 50 hit or something like that. But I think in his fourth year, he should definitely get like much more mid time this year, um, especially with some of the older people, like, like older mids like Boke, um, maybe spending more time forward and Butters coming into the midfield. Um, but yeah, I really rate the pick as long as he stays away from like injuries and yeah, I reckon he's definitely worth looking at and I am trying to get him in right now. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Are you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, Jack, obviously Portman, 
Uh, where do you think? Yeah, he's obviously played a bit of midfield push forward and he looks a dangerous player whenever he's got the ball and provides a seriously energetic spark. Him and Rosie combined brings the masses into Adelaide Oval. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Butters? And do you think, obviously, coming back into full fitness, do you reckon he's a lock in that mid, port midfield? Or do you think there's a risk that, I know as a Saints man, you know, Gresham is similar mould um, and he's touted to probably start the start the season up forward just to get that Achilles injury uh, right. But do you reckon uh, Butters goes straight into that midfield to help out the likes of Wines and, and co.? I guess we'll watch that um, game against the Gold Coast and against the Crows in the preseason to see where he truly starts. But he's going to be my first in, Zach Butters, because at that price as a forward, he's going he's going to deliver <laughs> tons. He's going to deliver heaps. Uh, the thing is, because he's going to go, he will go into the midfield heaps because they're going to change it up. It's going to be a different dynamic this year, especially as you said with Travis Boke being a few years older. He he is going to be B one and. You look, you look to that game against Essendon in round two last year where I probably thought he was best on ground. Um, if he has games like that most weeks, he'll be the best pick of the year. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely a tantalising pick at that, that price point. Jonas, um, we'll finish off with you with this, with this player, but with those new DPP rules, um, do you reckon that alters your thoughts on Butters? Um, or do you reckon he's a, he's a lock nonetheless? I think with the DPP changes, it does make the 450k forwards slightly less relevant because there could be a few more midfield or defence options that become available in, like, say, round six. On top of that, I have slight concerns with um, Dixon and Fantasia's injury-interrupted pre-seasons. So someone's got to fill those spots or at least for, for, for some part of the game. So... That I'd like to see, and if if Butters is lining up in the midfield and getting consistent centre bounces, he'll probably be starting in my team. But the DPP doesn't really change my opinion on Butters as a pick. It just means instead of running, say, three forward primos, I'll probably only be picking two. So I have four spots available for anyone that becomes eligible in one of the three rounds in 6, 12, 18. But in general, he's a pick who's got a bit of durability uh, question marks. But then again, so do some of the others like Heaney and um, Degoe even. So I'm not too concerned about starting Butters. He's got a pretty good ceiling as well, scoring 100 in one half. So he's certainly one that if you don't start, you could easily fall behind the pack. Yeah. And I guess a follow-up question to this one, um, we might get an unbiased opinion because it's a pretty obvious answer for what Jack would say with this one. But... We had a listener um, from Instagram DM us and he, he asked, do you reckon, obviously we got these two guys as a similar price point, Taron Thomas and Jordan Degoe. Um, do you reckon that Butters is a is a better pick than, than those two who are both touted to play midfield minutes and, and exactly kind of a similar role midfield forward? Do you reckon that he's a better pick or do you reckon those two boys might be a better option? I reckon um, I reckon he's a better pick than both of them because I think Degoe has been like touted to get a lot more forward time compared to like Butters or something. And Taron Thomas and Degoe both are actually competing with a lot more mids, I feel, who are trying to like get the midfield spots. Like North currently have like, I think like 10 midfielders competing for like three spots. 
um, especially with their new um, recruits. So, like from last year, they've got Tom Powell, um, Flip Phillips, who still need to get games and stuff like that. And Degoe's got also a new young midfield who he's like competing against to get time. And I think um, Fly or Craig McRae, as they like to call him, uh, I want to put him more in the forward line and like give the younger mids more of a chance to play in the midfield. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the other two that I, we listed, Taron Thomas and Dugowie, I mean, Dugowie is a new coach and, and Taron Thomas has only worked with Noble for a year. So that old super coach rule where you just don't know what the new coaches will bring with those players is, I guess, standing with, with Butters, obviously Ken Ink was still at the realm. And, and I just think personally, similar mold to Jay Gresham, I think uh, it's pretty important for Butters to play in that midfield. And just gives that kind of X factor in that midfield. And, and Port look at twice a better team with Rosie and Butters um, at full strength. They just need that pace and excitement in that midfield. But um, we'll move on to some rookies uh, that Jackie probably might be able to give us some insight on. Um, that mean obviously Jonas and Yark shan't Port supporters. But you guys had had two blokes who who you picked up in this draft. I'm pretty sure uh, Sin and, and Jackson Mead. Do you have it? Give us a bit of a. I'll correct, I'll, I'll correct, you, I'll correct you quickly if you don't mind, yeah. just because um, there's a uh, young Bergwine we picked up this year. Oh, that's right. Jace right, Bergwine. Yeah. Yeah, Meadie's been with us for. Oh, this, that's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, are you able to give us some insight on those boys? And do you reckon either of them, or we might remove Meadie, or you can you can speak about him as well? But do you reckon Bergwine or, or Sin will will be able to to crack into that round one start? I reckon Sin will probably play round one, uh, depending how preseason goes. I reckon Sin will play round one. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson Mead's an interesting one as well because obviously he hasn't played AFL level. He would have last year had he not had that spleen injury, which, God, that was grim. Yeah, um, yeah I'm not too sure. Not too sure about the other boys. I know, um, yeah, Young Burgoyne has actually been doing quite well on the track. That's Jace Burgoyne. Um, but I'd say if you're going to go into your money with your Port rookies. Go Sin, uh, go Mead as well in the midfield. But the other one to look at who hasn't had a touch of AFL footy is Sam Hayes. Yeah, Once the, he gets rolling in the yeah. ruck, he will play heaps. And he's a very good around-the-ground ruckman. Very yeah, good. Takes plenty of marks, huge, kicks. Yeah, huge wraps on him as well, which is really good. And I know, I mean, Ken Hinkley's a, a sucker for, for picking young blokes round one, um, which is really nice. But I'll, I'll um, kind of continue on that. With um, we had a we had a listener from Twitter um, ask some questions for you, uh, Jack. So we've got obviously we'll we'll, we'll touch mm-hmm. back on on Sam Hayes a bit when we talk about the ruck setup with Port. But another rookie price play that came from Brisbane is Sam Skinner. Um, obviously, you picked him up. Do you reckon he's he's more of a depth player, or do you reckon they signed him up? So this is what the listener uh, the listener suggested was: did they sign him up to free up Alia Alia? to make him as a more uh, dangerous intercept. What are your thoughts on that? That's an interesting question. Just because Skinner himself is a very capable intercept defender as well, and that's what his strength is. He is an intercept defender. So to have two of those would be quite nice. But I feel like I don't think he play round one, just because we do have we have Jonas, we have Alir, we have Trent McKenzie, we have Tom Clory. He's probably behind all those boys at the moment. But We'll see what happens across um, yeah, the preseason because I'm very happy with this pickup. I think he, he's going to be a cheap option. I think he does play and he will play defence. He won't play up forward. So, 
it's a tough one to really answer. I think he's more he will play intercept when he plays, but I don't think he plays straight away. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he's already pretty established backline for Port. And the follow-up question, as you said, you had huge reps on on Sam Hayes, um, and he's listed as a 123K Ruckman, so he wouldn't be a bad bench option for sure if you've gone the the, the uh, set-and-forget Ruck combo. But what do you reckon in general about the Port Ruck setup? Um, as we've heard reports, Dixon may not start early part of the season. If he does not start early part of the season, um, how do you reckon that Port Ruck setup goes? Jeremy Finlayson plays and as the backup rookie, mm-hmm. which not sure how that will go, but um, I think that's what the plan is to sort of come in to replace that Peter Adams role and do that job. I think he he's more than capable. So, but yeah, it'll be live set. Then I think if Dixon doesn't play, it'll be Finlayson in with yeah. um, in terms of the forward line as well. You have Georgiatis and Marshall rocking down there too. So, yeah, just to follow up on that one, obviously Port is so dominant through the air when you've got Dixon as a focal point. Um, if Dixon doesn't start and, and misses consecutive games, obviously, early on, do you reckon that negatively impacts other players around that forward line, say, when Butters and Rosie push in? Or do you reckon that because Finlayson played that kind of second ruck role, second tour in, in the GWS lineup, do you reckon that it's a pretty seamless transition if you've got a bit of a different player step in? I think you'll. I think like so. In terms of Port's forward line, it will change up quite a bit. If Dixon doesn't play, I think we'll see a lot more of the 2014 style Port forward line, where we have leading forwards rather than heap it onto Dixon's head and hope the best. So yeah. Georgiatis will be a better leading forward. Finlayson better leading forward. Dixon's just more one off, one out, try and beat the defender sort of operator. So I think I think it will. I don't know in terms of what it was going to do too much to scores because I haven't seen it in a long time, but I feel like it would be quite exciting and you'll see a different sort of result. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the other Port boys are definitely quite exciting up on that forward line so it could really uh, push their case and, and, and show the, show the um, AFL fans how dominant the rest of that Port forward line is. But we move too quickly to you, Yaksh, and um, Jonas. I think we can chip in for this one, but have you either got Skinner or Sinner, the, the main two popular rookie um, Port boys? Have either of you got them in your side? I know Sin was a 150-odd-K defender. Um, and and we'll, we'll put Skinner in that bracket as well. Have you got any of those three in your side at the moment, either as bench fodder or, or an actual on-field playing option? I've got um, – at the moment, I don't have Sin just because of money constraints. But Skinner, I do have primarily because of the fact – He's got DPP and having Coleman and Will Kelly in my team as well really um, leaves me with a lot of flexibility to do whatever I like if I need to plug a hole in the forward line or in the defence. So at at this stage, he's in my team, but um, he's just part of the rookie roulette. I'll just have to wait and see on sort of the lineups and how he performs in the preseason. With Hayes, I've also got him at R3 just because um, I can't find an extra K, 80K for, say, a Proust or something like that. And unless proven otherwise that Hayes isn't playing round one, I'll probably move to the other Hayes from St Kilda should he have um, ruck forward eligibility. But, yeah, at the moment, if Sin lights up the preseason game, I'll probably downgrade, say, a Coleman or someone like that to try and fit him in. 
because he is playing a pretty friendly role at a, as a dashing halfback who maybe gets a kick out or two. I'm not too sure. But how about you, Yash? Do you have any of those? I do have sin, but I think I think this year the mid-rookies are too good that we have to kind of pay up for some of them. And that means we pay a bit less for like the forward line rookies or the forward or back line rookies. So like people like Ward, Horn, Francis, Dacos. So I think we have to pay up for them. And that means we have to sacrifice some of them. Um, and also some of the established like Fords that are a bit more expensive, we might have to pay up for them, such as like, like uh, Katie and Coleman, Rainer, maybe someone like that. Um, yeah, which maybe means I might have to kick out Sin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who knows with his rookie roulettes, we'll have a podcast out later with um, Spiller Supercoaches in the works at the moment that will go a lot more in depth with those rookies and, and who your best bets are leading close to the preseason. As as most of your listeners out there know, it's, it's kind of hard to tell early on in preseason, anything can happen. And especially with COVID day-to-day changes. Um, before we wrap up t- in today's podcast, Jack, is there any players that we haven't really mentioned? I know we've gone through a fair few, but is there any port players that you think a, it, we just missed out all, uh, altogether that might be worth a shout or B, you really think in your opinion that will break out in 2022 and really set a light um, this season for Port Adelaide? Well, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. Um, if you see Riley Bonner's prelim <laughs> performance, he was head and shoulders above everyone. So if he plays similar to that, he wouldn't be the worst option because I think it was like 130, 140 or something like that. It was head and shoulders above the rest apart from maybe wines. But like, I'm not going to do that myself. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's like, – there's different things to keep their eyes. Just watch how – yeah, of course, watch how they play in terms of preseason. They're sort of similar to how we roll. Um, yeah, especially like we got the Gold Coast and we got the Crows and we love beating up on the lesser sides. So <laughs> let's see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess to finish off with, this is more of an AFL question, super coach related. Where do you think, honestly, that Port will try and finish this year or where do you want them to finish and where do you think they realistically will, will, will end up? And a follow-up question to that one is, um, obviously, Port haven't been too flash in finals. They really start strong and they kind of peter out, unfortunately, for X, Y, Z reason. What do you think that Ken Hinkle and the boys need to do to, to kind of you know, eventually get a berth into the grand final if that be this year. So I reckon we'll finish top four and I reckon we'll make it and we'll see how that goes. I'm not going to predict a premiership. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon top four, I think we win the prelim and think, yeah, we'll see how it goes in the grand final. Um, Just take it on. That Bulldogs prelim was just horrific. I don't know what happened. Like the Richmond one was just bad luck really a lot of bad luck we should have had the game probably dead and buried early on but they were a bloody good side i still think this year is melbourne's to lose um but yeah i'd say port will be there on the final day yeah fair enough i think porter porter one to watch out and get their full list together and if the young kids can step up then i guess watch out for the rest of the competition but uh, to finish off with, with, with one final question, um, with Supercoach, obviously you've played it a little bit yourself and, and enjoyed the game and all that. What is one piece of advice that you've learned throughout any season or whatever that you'd give to the listeners, Jack, um, that you think's worthwhile to take on for players who might have just started up this year? 
Use your head and not your heart. <laughs> Tr- trust me. As a Port fan, do it. <laughs> if, you, if you support a club that's inconsistent, don't listen to your heart. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much sound advice. I think everyone can take that on. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we got time for today. Um, really appreciate you taking um, some time out of work, Jack, to, to hop onto our podcast and, and give the listeners a bit of an insight to, to the Port Boys and how they've been going. Um, it's really good when we have um, uh, listeners from outside of Melbourne that, that hop on, which is really appreciative. Same when George hopped on with the Adelaide podcast, it was really good as well. So the next podcast we've got in our series um, is the Hawthorne one, I believe. So that'll be a bit of fun um, back to the Melbourne team. So if anyone out there that's listening is a big Hawks fan and, and would like to hop onto the podcast and have a chat with us, feel free. Just give us a DM on, on Twitter or Instagram and, and all the socials there and be more than happy to have you on. But until then, we'll, uh, we'll catch you for the Hawks one next time. Cheers for that, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No worries.